to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope you're all doing okay, staying safe and staying healthy. It's been a busy week here over at the podcast headquarters, aka my home office. (laughs) This week I'm recording with four guests and I couldn't be more excited to dig into their music, and share them all with you. It's been so much fun getting back into chatting with creatives and sharing what they're up to, as well as just kind of connecting in general. That's still a weird thing to do in 2020, but we're hanging in there and we're doing it. Um, I hope you're all finding ways to stay connected too through all of this. So on to this week's guests. I'm joined by Ashrita and Paul of Baltimore's Pink Shift. This band had a seemingly sudden rise to our DIY kind of center stage this summer with their hit single, I'm Gonna Tell My Therapist On You, but the band has been churning out tight singles for far longer than that. Pink Shift joined this week to share their origin story, how they go about writing music, how they've stayed connected and active during the pandemic, their hopes as a band, and so much more. So with that, let's hear more Pink Shift and then get into the interview. me. Well, welcome Ashrita and Paul to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are you both doing? We're doing well. I'm really happy right now. Just got out of class so I can uh, forget about everything for the day. <laughs> and I've been watching Gilmore Girls, so <laughs> I'm chilling. I, oh my gosh, this brings me immense joy. I'm literally in the middle of my annual fall rewatch of Gilmore Girls, so. I feel that, literally same. It's probably like the 10th <laughs> time, literally. <laughs> That's so beautiful. It makes me so happy. I literally watch it again every single fall from beginning to end. It's just a thing I've been doing ever since like the show finished, I should say, because I mean, I watched it whenever it was airing, but like 
ever since the show has finished, I, I watch it every year. So that just, ah, yay. Gilmore Girls fan, hello. <laughs> that means <laughs> I can make references and be snarky and you will totally get everything I'm doing right That's now. That's true. That's true, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. I love to hear that. Um, y'all are based in Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. How are things going over there right now and stuff? I know everybody's kind of got their different kind of vibe going on with, unfortunately, the pandemic going and all that. Yeah, I think, I don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, like, I don't know if it's like other places where it's just like people are doing things, but it's really like at your own risk kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, I mean, there's like restrictions, like you have to wear masks and stuff. So that's good. Like generally you see people on the street, everyone's wearing a mask. Um, So that's nice. At least in our area. In our area. Baltimore's pretty big. We don't really go out too much. But, like, at least from what we see, we would hope the rest of the city is kind of... Yeah, I think, like, Charles Village and Mount Vernon, I think, is where we're around. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody listening. But, yeah. Yeah, so it seems to be, like, relatively okay. I don't know. I've been on that... I don't know if you've heard of the website, like, covidactnow.org. It sounds familiar. I don't think I've checked that one out yet. What is it? It's, like... I don't, it's like a super easy way to just look at it. And they, they collect a bunch of data like from your era, area and they do it on a county level. Oh, cool. Um, and I mean, this is going to sound like a promo or something, but like, it's, it's just really <laughs> nice because they have like colors basically. They're like, okay, are you in a green zone, yellow zone, orange zone, red zone mm-hmm. based on like ICU headroom, like percent positive cases, um, just like random things like that like rates of positive tests and just yeah so it's nice to have graphs so it just feels good to look at yeah that stuff honestly really helps I know for me like at least more so toward the beginning of the pandemic we had like one for my state which like kind of broke things down where it's like uh which was really important and helpful because I could see immediately like oh yeah Miami is getting slammed um but my area thank god has kept around like I guess just below three percent so I'm just like oh I can breathe a little bit easier and like luckily my mayor's been super awesome about like making sure masks are still a thing and like pushing back against our like fucking evil governor so (laughs) no other way to put it yeah I'm in Florida so (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) but I'm glad you're able to stay safe I'm lucky I'm in one of the few very liberal studies that will be okay, hopefully. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's good to hear that y'all are doing okay and stuff. I always like checking in on folks because I know that as much as we all try to like cling to what feels normal in certain moments and stuff, we're all going through shit. So always like yeah. to check in. Yeah. I mean, like, I think Baltimore as as a generalized thing is going about as good as it can go I think mm-hmm. I mean other than like I hear I, I feel like Maine and like Vermont are like COVID free or something but like <laughs> that's the promised that land <laughs> but as good as like a major city I guess quote unquote could go <laughs> no that makes complete sense well I'm glad y'all are staying safe and doing okay yeah. um I am so stoked to talk to you about all things that you do as Pink Shift, as a band. This is super exciting to me because I feel like there was just this beautiful roar that happened in the middle of the summer with you dropping some music. And I feel like the internet loves you right now. And that's really wonderful. (laughs) 
Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was it was really exciting at the time. It was honestly mind blowing. Still is. Yeah, I believe it. Um, to kind of like time travel back a little bit further here, I kind of want to hear about how each of you first began to like play music and um, start to discover your tastes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I um, as this is a Shrita here. Um, I really. I think I really like started to cling on to like grunge and stuff in like late middle school and like early high school because I was I was um, I used to live in Michigan um, so one of my friends in middle school put me on like Nirvana and Foo Fighters and like Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, like all those bands from the 90s um, and I really really loved those bands and it was it was like low-key the first like American music that I listened to because, you know, at home I would just listen to like Bollywood music because that's what my parents played. Um, and I really, really liked it. And then I think in high school, one of my really good friends in high school, she introduced me to No Doubt. And then we went to go see No Doubt live, like my senior year, they were performing in like DC. We drove like 10 hours, like my, my mom like agreed to drive with us. Um, and it was just, it was a wild experience, but, um, I was like a band nerd. I was, I was like, I played flute and like piccolo in high school and um, I played piano like my whole life. I never really thought I'd be in a rock band even though like I love the music so much. Um, and yeah, and then I met Paul in college and he's been doing like rock band stuff for a while. So um, I think with his know-how and expertise, I got into it a little bit more. and discovered I could be a singer <laughs> literally um, I started singing like when we started well Sugar Crisis was the original name of the project but um, when we started Pink Shift I guess is when I started singing so it's been a really wild ride for the two years since I guess uh, I rambled for a while but Paul <laughs> oh yeah I mean when I was um I think when I was like eight years old, my uh, my cousin introduced me to a Green Day song. It's like most people that got into rock usually were introduced to it through Green Day. So mine is uh, cliche in that sense. Uh, and I was really into it though. I was like, it was like one of the first times my parents actually saw me take an interest in something, just something. And uh, my aunt actually bought me tickets to Green Day's American Idiot World Tour in 2005 so I was like eight years old and they took me to like this Green Day concert um which is really wild I fell in love with like the whole atmosphere like just the music of course and just seeing that was like wow I want to do that so right after that um my parents got me a guitar after I asked for it and I just started playing guitar you know throughout elementary school middle school and in high school well I guess in middle school another another big point um I think this is a girl I liked in sixth grade put me on to My Chemical Romance and then it just I just went down that path <laughs> don't even gotta go into I just went down that path um so I like grabbed my hair got like the bangs and everything <laughs> but then uh, going into high school um I met a friend uh who we're still friends to this day and we still play music together um and with him we started forming our own like high school bands that are as good as high school bands can get <laughs> and then that uh, from then, from then on out, I was like jumping around from band to band, um, playing rock, pop punk, stuff like that. Um, and that's 
that's it yeah and then your... yeah ministry in college and then this is just the next the next rock pop punk thing I'm, I'm doing hopefully the last i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's the band the end all be all huh <laughs> yeah i love that oh my gosh your taste actually it makes me so happy to hear that you fell in love with so many bands that actually i feel like were very um and like they impacted me too and stuff and to kind of hear that this music just continues to uh inspire people to get excited about music and stuff the no doubt the the green day all of that that's so exciting to hear because these are really great bands and stuff and they really do shape um so many people's tastes and interest and get people excited about um playing music and stuff um if you don't mind me asking um for each of you, what was it about, like, No Doubt or Green Day that just, like, had you immediately hooked, like, this is a band I'm in love with and that, you know, just kind of opened those floodgates for you? Was there a particular part of that music that just got you so excited about music that you're like, yep, got to find more? Um, For me, with No Doubt, I absolutely loved Gwen's voice. Mm-hmm. I would just I heard her voice and I was just like, how does someone sound like this? Like I was, I, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like she had such a unique voice and like a lot of, you know, it was good for pop or whatever, but it was also just like so good over punk, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. Cause like her voice sounds good over really like really different types of music. Um, and I think like that was it. And also about like, no doubt, I think their songwriting was really cool. Um, like I think they had the most complex and, stuff that I like that I could get really into because I used to like I used to try to compose like when I was in band like mm-hmm. when I was younger I composed like for an ensemble like a wind ensemble or something so I really loved like hearing like moving parts like going against each other and I think one thing that I really really remember was I think it was off of Return Return of Saturn I'm not I'm not sure I might be wrong but it was um the song Magic's in the Makeup and like in the chorus it's like like she's talking about how like makeup can be like a disguise or something and like how like the real you is underneath but i didn't even realize it until i tried to cover it on the piano but it's like the chords that go over it are just like different inversions of the same like root note chord it was just all the same chord but it just sounds different and i was like damn that's like that's the makeup that's it and then you get like i don't know i was, it was mind blown i'm just i'm rambling now but yes <laughs> I think I think just like no doubt songwriting and like Gwen's voice it was just so unique and it was so exciting like mm-hmm. for me to hear um I think I listened to those albums on repeat to this day that's so awesome to hear because that kind of influence and that kind of excitement stuff that can stick with you for a very long time if not for life and stuff and that's so great that you continue to kind of like find things in the music too that you like like the composition and stuff that's so interesting to me yeah yeah it's it's really cool it's it's really cool to be able to go back to your favorite things and discover new stuff i think i think that's a really good indication of good songwriting you know absolutely um, Paul, do you want to talk about My Chemical Romance or uh, Green Day in that way too? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so I, I think like my straight to the point answer is probably I don't know. When, <laughs> I was, when I was eight years old, I, I didn't have angst as like you know as like a little. <laughs> I you know my parents 
were like really nice to me so like <laughs> I had like could not relate to like all like the thrashy and like energy and stuff that you know Green Day gave off but it somehow like you know I guess energy it still it doesn't matter you know who you are it can still speak to you regardless I think that that was it and seeing it live everything sounds just like more like boomier live so I think seeing them live at eight years old was like just like an, a l- little bit of an eye-opening experience as to just how much I really liked mm-hmm. like the energy as opposed because like when I was eight years old I wasn't thinking about the chord structure or any of that it was just like wow ferocity love it <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sure at that point you're like I want to do that too <laughs> exactly yeah so I mean that that was why I asked my parents to get me a guitar and I think um I think when it got to my chemical romance what spoke to me about that was just how um I guess I guess at that age I was like more able to like interpret melody harmonies and just how things like move with each other um and it just it just spoke to me more than in any of the other genres or songs that were happening around that time um and it had and it had that that angst which in sixth grade you probably do have angst (laughs) there's a lot to be angry about (laughs) yeah (laughs) the preteen angst is just so great because it's like, it's such like, it's stuff that really doesn't probably matter at the end of the day, but in that moment and at that age, that shit matters. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think to that end, like why I got into grunge in like seventh, eighth grade was probably because of that. It just made me feel so cool. Like I yes. love listening to like, like Nirvana, I was like, I'm so cool. Like all these other bitches are listening to Lady Gaga, but I'm listening to Nirvana. I'm the cool kid. You know how it is? Like when you're like 13. <laughs> I specifically went down that life path experience where I was just like, you know what? Everybody's digging into pop right now. And pop, no, I, of course, as I got older, I'm like, yeah, pop's cool. But like then I was just like, yeah, I'm listening to Nirvana and whole and garbage. And you know what? Yeah, I'm exactly. a badass. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like this pacey kid in freaking <laughs> seventh like, grade. There's no tough cred whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, you realize that like no one cared. Like Lady Gaga's a great artist. Like, right, exactly. It's like, hey, 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 uh, 11 12 year old Amanda it's okay to like both Gaga and Nirvana <laughs> I had to like get exactly. that memo as I got older but you know it's it's part of the whole growing up experience for sure <laughs> yeah exactly oh my gosh um so one of the things that I've kind of noticed when other people talk about your music and stuff they're often drawing comparisons to a lot of those like pop punk um late 90s grunge bands and so on whenever it comes to describing you would you say that um the bands that you grew up on like the the green day the my chem the no doubt and stuff do you feel like that love you had for those bands actually influenced the sound that you put together with pink shift i mean so honestly for me i did not realize that until people started saying it ah okay i truly believed that it was just it was just like, you know, I just sang, that's it. But I didn't realize that like your influences can even come out through your voice. Mm-hmm. That was new for me. Um, do you want to speak on that? Yeah, I mean, I I, I love Mike and Michael Romance. And I guess I think probably one of my favorite members was, was Frank because I loved his stage presence mm-hmm. and just the way he wrote his guitar parts. Uh, and I 
one of these one of the things that he does a lot is just play octaves for leads and i just tend to do that for everything so it you know when if people said that oh the therapist guitars have like no mic in the romance feel mm-hmm. um i i wouldn't question it because it's like <laughs> dang it's just what i gravitate towards uh, <laughs> and it's through that um but yeah i mean i I, I have to reflect on it more because I, I really don't, when I, when we finish writing a song or if I finish writing a part, I, it's a while till I sit back down and try to see like, okay, like try to analyze and see like, where did that come from? I don't really do yeah. that that often. I think like also like for therapists, when we wrote it specifically, like that song, it was me, Paul and Myrene, um, just like in Paul's room and we we're like, let's write a fun song to play. And we literally just shat it out like in a day. <laughs> we were like, this sounds like a fun song to play, like when shows are still happening. Uh-huh. Um, so like we really didn't put that much thought into it. It was it was literally just whatever sounded cool and fun. And I guess what sounds cool and fun to anyone is influenced by what they grew up with and what they think is cool and fun. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, yeah, for me, I really wanted to make sure I got, like, a little bit of vibrato in. I just really liked that. But then, like, I realized later, I was like, oh, that makes it sound a little bit like Gwen. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I did not realize that until later when people started saying, like, oh, this gives me, like, a this band vibe. I was like, oh, my God, you hear that? <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> That's got to be so validating for you. And also now we know that the secret sauce for uh, Pink Shift is a little bit of Gwen and a little bit of Frank. And that's how we <laughs> like gorgeous, gorgeous uh, creation that y'all have here. That's so awesome. And, you know, I think it's really special though, whenever those things come a little bit more organically, your influences come out because you're just trying to make fun music and like see what you can do in a day writing a song, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just like, you know, like whatever. And also it's really fun to just, because me and Paul have been writing demos together since like 2018, since before mm-hmm. really Pink Shift was a thing. And I think what made it so fun is that we would just, we would just be like, oh wait, no, do that instead. You know, because we don't have this, we can have really different influences. Mm-hmm. So just putting those together and seeing what they come up with is so interesting. <laughs> I love that. That makes it so much more fun. I feel like whenever you're songwriting, um, so tell me a little bit about how like Pink Shift started. You mentioned earlier that you met in college and stuff and started hanging out. Tell me a little bit about how like the band actually came together. So um, I saw Street the Space around campus on like different musical like events that our campus holds. And I saw her singing at a few events. So I was like, oh, cool. She's a really good singer. Um, and at the same time, I was working on like a Britney Spears cover of like Baby One More Time. Uh, <laughs> and I just wanted someone to sing on it because I, I don't sing that much. So I just, I just build instrumentals. I just do that. And I was like, you know what? He's let me, really good let at me it. just shoot. <laughs> like, I'll be a weirdo. I'll just walk up. To, I literally just walked up to her like with no precedent. It's just like, you want to you you sing on a, on a Britney Spears cover? <laughs> and uh i guess i didn't come off too creepy she was like sure uh, and we just started we you know we, we recorded that in my room somewhere in my hard drive i don't even know where it is anymore but after that uh we just started 
making more covers and then that turned into just writing demos with each other yeah it was kind of um, like a thing where i was i was like oh wait like you write music i write music wait do you want to like try doing that at the yeah. same time yeah she wrote um she wrote this piano this this song on piano because i think she only wrote piano songs at that point right yeah and i was just like wait i just i listened to it and i was like this would be like it was really sad and emo and i was just like what if we just like made it a rock song so I just made a rock song. And it's actually, that song is on Bandcamp. Uh, it's called Letter to God. Uh, you could probably, it's always on this uh, Garden Head Records Yeah, yeah Garden Head Records compilation. They did like an artist relief thing back in, back in March. Um, and we, sub, we submitted like a refurbished version of it on there. Yeah, so. You know, if anybody I, wants to yeah. check that out, that's the first song we wrote together. So after that happened, I kind of asked her just like, would you ever consider singing in a band? And I think you well, you were like, yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? I never sang in anything. Like, I was as a piano and flute. I played piano and jazz combos. Um, so I was always used to just being in the back. But I was like, I sing in the shower. It, it'll work. <laughs> um, so I, I think, like, I really, really went from, like, square zero with, like, knowing my voice um, to wherever the fuck I am now. I don't know about swearing. I don't know. Oh, to wherever I am now. Swearing is totally welcomed here, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. To wherever the fuck I am now. <laughs> and yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting process because the band has heard the whole, like from the beginning to now. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but that's how we got started writing together. And then um, like that summer, it was like 2018. And that summer we had written so many Rock demos. Songs. Yeah, just so many rock songs that we have in like a Google Drive somewhere. Just like we had this system where like we'd create a folder and then we'd upload our like voice memo ideas. And then we just we have so many different like uh like progress stages of songs that are probably out now. Um but yeah, and then I think like when Paul brought up the ideas, he was like, Oh, do you want to front a band? And I was like, Oh, are is it just me? Like, are you gonna do it too? Um, we started putting up flyers for a drummer um, around our campus because it was our like senior year. Um, but there's a practice room like in our performing arts center. I mean, however small it is, um, and we would just like stock it. We just hear like, oh, is someone? Because like you'd hear people playing like jazz drums. You hear people playing like beginner stuff, like you know, like trying to figure out how to play different drums at the same time. And then you'd hear people like. Myron, who who was playing Helena by My Chemical Romance, and Paul, like, Paul recognized it, uh, and he was just like, we're knocking on the door, and so we knocked on the door, we were like, yo, you want to be in a band? And Myron was like, uh, sure, um, but he hadn't been playing for very long at the time. I think he had been playing for maybe, like, like seriously playing, maybe for, like, a months. few months. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, we ended up just, like, practicing together. I think for probably like six months. Um, we had another friend at the time who played guitar with us too, uh, but he's he's an international student, so he had to leave after college. Um, but um, we started playing our first shows in August 2019, um, and we were actually playing to a bass like bass backing track mm-hmm. because we didn't have a bassist. And then we Myron was playing to a click with a 
with like a backing track in the other year and we're like oh no we need a real person like this is like too much mm-hmm. uh, so Paul and I set up our because like we're, we come from like our school doesn't have a lot of like rock musicians Mm -hmm. people here play like classical music or jazz music or they study um so (laughs) (laughs) or all of the above so we were just like okay baltimore area the best way to reach everybody is just to like we made our tinder profiles into like band flyers we're like okay we're looking for a basis not looking for a relationship Uh, (laughs) this is pictures of our band Um, our anthem was like Mars because I think that was the first like that was the only thing that we had on streaming at that time and mm-hmm. Eric swiped right on us and <laughs> then we met up and played our first show actually at the beginning of this year uh, and then we were going to go on tour we like on tour uh, we had like four dates that we had booked in random basements that's a tour that's a tour it was a fun yeah. show. like we booked <laughs> all ourselves it was like Oh, wait, we had like 50, 50 emails going out to every city, just like, please, like <laughs> anybody. Um, and we ended up like actually locking in four dates that were right next to each other, like New Jersey, Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York. Um, and it was March 14th. So uh, that was right when it was declared a pandemic, but we had to cancel it before then because nothing was really, you know, that was like really chaotic time. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone's in denial and nobody's like, nobody wants to be the first one to pull the plug on everything. Right. And the venues weren't going to. In theory, we could have done it. In theory, it actually probably could have happened. Probably could have happened, but. I mean, we we were like, I think it was like a couple nights before we were just like hearing, like, I think like there was a lot of like Twitter stuff about Italians warning americans about how bad it's gonna get yeah i don't know if and you we're all like that. oh well like, yeah, none, I do. Of venues, none of these venues are telling us to cancel it so it's probably fine but then mm-hmm. with each day as it got closer it just got worse and worse and yeah still even the, even on the day that we were supposed to go we canceled we canceled it like the day couple, before the day before but like even so the government like nobody closed and it was just like this kind of it's kind of sucks it was that, literally like, just up to us um and it was so funny because Eric didn't say anything, but like after we canceled, he was like, oh yeah, that's good. Cause I'm like immunocompromised. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then we're like, Eric, were you going to take one for the team? Wow. He was going to take one for pink shift. Wow. Yeah. That's was like, <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm glad y'all decided to be safe and stuff. I know it was hard, especially in that time, whenever a lot of bands were trying to figure out what is the right thing to do. And like, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out like, who's going to be the first one to take that step to like, eventually say, okay, we can't tour, we can't play music right now and stuff. And I mean, the positive thing is I feel like there was a very good like snowball effect in that way of like, once a couple people started doing it, everybody was like, okay, yeah, no, we're shutting down music. And it sucks to not have that right now, but it's also way more important for everybody's safety. And y'all made the right call, even though I'm sure it's such a bummer for you. I mean, it wasn't the, you know, if, if people told, if the government said like, it's not safe, don't tour, that's fine. It would have been mm-hmm. a bummer, but like, we're, we can deal with that. It would yeah. suck that no, we didn't know what was safe or not. No one took the authority to tell everybody that this is not safe. Right. You know, in the hands of people and you can't trust everybody. I mean, you leave yeah. it in the hands of artists who really do not benefit at all from canceling their shows. Right. Like, especially financially, right? So like, 
yeah, it was, it was a weird time, but it was it was very reassuring, I guess, like however scary it was, it was very reassuring to know that we made the right decision in the days following because it was very obvious that bands mm-hmm. were not touring and it was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just mustered up as much information as we could and went with it. It was a really confusing time. I'm sure other bands can probably relate. Oh yeah, a ton of people. I remember I spoke to one of my friends who's like a tour manager and stuff about how, you know, they were a lot of bands were mid tour or like just on the first like five dates of a tour and stuff, and like they were suddenly having to book flights home and trying to figure out how to safely get home and stuff and navigate all of that because they're like, do we finish the tour? Do we stop? Do we even kick off our tour to begin with? So yeah, that was a really strange horrible time for everybody yeah yeah it was confusing Mm -hmm. enough to just be a regular just like person who just like works (laughs) it was was that it was really confusing for that so I can't imagine like how confusing it must have been for the entire music industry 100% yeah um you know in spite of all the stuff going on with the pandemic and you know, the loss of your tour and stuff, you still stayed pretty productive this year, being able to still release music and stuff, which is really awesome and admirable of y'all to do. Um, Tell me what it's been like working on music this year and, you know, kind of trying to keep some of the momentum going, even though we are unfortunately in a pandemic. It's, it's been an interesting process because before the pandemic, the main songwriters were just Ashrita and I, and now that we're kind of have some time to step back we we're have, all hold in right yeah we're all hold in so we're all like slowly just like we're evolving more our song evolving our songwriting more as a four piece mm-hmm. um and even that has its challenges just because just because we're not used to it mm-hmm. and but like we're really happy with like how things are moving along it's It's really nice to be able to kind of just like step back and not have a lot of pressure yes i think 100 and i think the alleviation of pressure has kind of allowed us to sit in that creative space a little bit longer Mm -hmm. you know because you know it's always like deadlines 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 um but you know everything was on pause low-key still is yeah even though things are kind of moving but it was really, really interesting because we actually had released On Thin Ice to kick off our tour. Mm-hmm. And that was already, you know, scheduled to release. So the day that we announced that we canceled the tour, we also announced that we released a single um, to a lot smaller of an audience. And I think we kind of just utilized the pandemic to, I was just like, okay, like, you know, we were just like, we can't go play shows to promote this and we can't do that. But like, let's I just went on Spotify like okay if somebody has their Spotify connected to their Facebook and they have these playlists that sound like they might like us like let me just like message them I don't know like find their Facebook and just like see like oh hey do you want to like do you want to listen to us um and just you know I don't know if you like know but on TikTok like Riot Girl TikTok like they post playlists all the time and I'm just like commenting like Pink Shift is really small support us (laughs) That's so cool, though. Yeah, just really, like, discovering, I think, the capacity of the internet to reach people. Uh Uh-huh. I started, like, I think, like, in April, around, like, late April, I was just, like, I want to know more, like, 
women of color who are like in this genre I like started just posting in random DIY groups like hey I'm trying to do this playlist like and now it's like a thing like I update this playlist every every couple weeks and it makes me so happy just to like discover more people who I probably wouldn't listen to if we were just like going about our regular day lives you know like I probably wouldn't be listening to like a DIY group from like I don't know like Chicago because mm-hmm. I'm in Baltimore and we'd be going to Baltimore shows so it's it's really cool I think to I think we've been able to like connect with a lot more musicians that we probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. been able to otherwise that's awesome well please send me a link to your playlist I'm not on Spotify much but I would love to be able to follow and see what you all what you've like accumulated and stuff because I'm always looking for more in that's it's a great way for you to spend your time right now is to just kind of keep finding more artists that you're excited about and fall in love with them in this time. It's a very positive way to put your energy for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was like one of the things that made me happy. So I was like, let's keep doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you mentioned TikTok. So I have to ask, are y'all ever going to become a TikTok band? We are on TikTok. You are? Uh, Shit. Yeah. How have I not found you yet? We're not super active. Um, We started a TikTok kind of like, I think, honestly, we started a TikTok to promote the release of Therapist, really. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, we're just like looking for ways. That was like the first time we actually tried to like promote a release, I think, was Mm -hmm. for Therapist. So we were posting TikToks, but it was so stressful. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Like, there's a lot of pressure. I don't create TikToks. I'm one of those like terrible lurkers who just like watches content and consumes like so greedy. I've thought about making content, but I don't think, eh, I don't know, maybe eventually. But anyway, it's like, yeah, I have not fallen into like Riot Girl TikTok yet. I think I'm still stuck in like uh, fandom TikTok and stuff. So it's a cozy spot. Yeah. I mean, like, you could just, like, look up tags and stuff, but we're not even really in, I don't even know what corner of TikTok we're in. Um, (laughs) I think, like, we were, I posted, like, a little, like, this is our band, and, like, I think I tie-dyed merch at some point uh, for a TikTok, Um, but it was kind of hard to do also, because we were all in different cities with, like, our families during the pandemic, so, because I was, Eric and I were in Virginia, and then Paul was in New York, and uh Myron was in Maryland <laughs> like Myron Maryland uh, <laughs> that's why I tripped over my words for a second but yeah so like we were all apart so I was like okay how are we gonna make videos together like mm-hmm. what do we take a video of like <laughs> there's only so yeah. much of like me like doing random shit that we can <laughs> post um but yeah no we have a TikTok that's awesome and that's good to know it sounds like y'all are pretty good at working within like these uh weird pandemic limitations though because you were able to make a video for therapists and stuff and launch that and I feel like that was definitely what got a lot of people hyped on your band too was the video and stuff what was it like trying to organize that during everything because it turned out fantastic it was uh it was it was tough in the moment just because it, we had no plan mm-hmm. we all just I up was in stressed Baltimore. because we did not have a plan <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a plan we just met up in Baltimore for one day. Like Myron came for a day, Eric came for a day, I came for like a weekend because I'm in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, we all met up in Baltimore and we, thankfully one of my friends from college was nice enough to let us use her home. And you know, a lot of her roommates have moved out by this point. So we had an empty house and we're just like, let's just fuck it, let's just film in every room and just take as many 
video shots as we can. Yeah, I mean, the um, mask stuff was totally candid because we were coming from different cities mm-hmm. so we had to stay yeah. safe from each other. Um, my, we filmed Myron's stuff first because we're just like, okay, it's loud. It's like a little neighborhood. I don't want it to be too loud. It's a row house. Yeah, so he, you know, he went hard and a few minutes go by and the neighbor comes by knocking. We felt so <laughs> Literally a few seconds, honestly. Yeah. We we didn't get, what was it? We got into the course, and that's mm-hmm. it. Oh, the first uh, take. <laughs> that's okay, though. I mean, I, I kind of like that that kind of, like, real-life moment was still included in the video and stuff of, like, talking to the neighbor about the drums being loud and stuff. It was just, I feel like just that little detail that kind of made it feel like, yep, yep, these are just regular people having fun making music and stuff and the neighbor's gonna come by and tell you what to do <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it gives off that vibe because in the moment we're like shit we <laughs> so to, bad. We're like we don't know what to do like martin has to leave like, like, <laughs> it was like we just like moved everybody all right everybody go to their we we're like where can we set up drums we just set it up on like like our college campus like mm-hmm. You just set it up in the grass and they're like okay hopefully like security doesn't come tell us to pack up we'll just film <laughs> us as fast as we can um and like we were just like filming it like each of us were filming one person mm-hmm. from like different things like, i was filming on like my iphone and like camcorder and i think paul also had a gopro so yeah you're just yeah we were just walking around each other trying to vibe <laughs> It works. And like, I feel like I could tell that though, I'm sure it was a little bit stressful because you were kind of like coming up with it as you went and stuff. It looked like y'all are having fun throughout the entire video, which is really the best part, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. While we were filming each take, it was fun. It was so yeah. much fun. It was fun. It was also yeah. fun because like it'd been a while since we'd all seen each other. Oh, yeah. So it was just super cool to hang out. I love to hear that. Um, you know, if anything, I was thinking about it when I was rewatching the video today to kind of like refresh myself and like the fact that y'all are wearing your masks, of course, with the pandemic going on and stuff. Very safe, very smart. Applaud you for that. I feel like that's still going to be something that'll be interesting to have as like an element within the video because of the subject matter where you're talking about like health specifically, like mental health and like, you know, the, the challenges of not feeling understood and valued and stuff. I feel like having just like that piece of what's been associated with it for the longest time as medical gear kind of actually kind of fits within a bit of the theme that you have with the song. It's kind of cool that that coincidence happened, huh? Yeah. I feel like that for a lot of things because like it concerning therapists, cause it's like, People, I feel like, have told us that they see things and that they recognize these themes and they recognize these, like, these really, like, mind-blowing patterns. And I'm like, wow, that just, that just happened, you know? We didn't even take a minute to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. But I guess, I guess it was just, it, the best word for it is just very, very honest, mm-hmm. the whole thing. It was just the best we could do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Sometimes that's the best part, honestly. Um can you actually talk a little bit about what it was like for you to write and put together that song, especially because it's one that I feel like just put the internet on fire here in the late summer. It was really awesome. Yeah. I mean, so you can talk about it lyrically. If you okay. Want, I, I can talk yeah. about it lyrically, I guess. Yeah. Perfect. So, I mean, kind of like, I guess like how we approach songwriting has also just been evolving probably since therapist, but sometimes like I would take the bus to like school <laughs> I took because like, uh, I lived a little bit away so um, I would sit in the bus and sometimes just like write lyrics mm-hmm. and I think 
lyrically when I was writing that it was kind of just like a response to just like not being allowed to feel sad mm-hmm. you know it's like there's this whole thing where like oh my god you're sad like how can I make you feel better and it's just like you know it's just like when you're sad like how do you even respond to that you know you're just kind of like I don't know just I'm sad just, mm-hmm. just let me be sad you know um and then I think for me like that I think so the whole theme of it really was in response to kind of just like, like, I, I think I said this, but like being thrown around the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think also when you don't fit within society, you're put into a system that is supposed to kind of morph you into this socially acceptable being. Mm-hmm. And then when you can go to work and you can complete your work and you're, you're economically valuable they spit you back out and you're allowed to be in society again. Um, and I think it was just the whole idea that, that that system is such bullshit. And I think those people live in society. We live in society. We're all upset. We're all mad. We're all sad. We're all happy. We're all whatever. But it's like, it, it is a society. And mm-hmm. I think trying to hide those parts of it only makes it worse. Absolutely. And to me, it's so cool that you mentioned that because particularly people who are minorities or have marginalized communities and stuff, it's like, you are not allowed to feel negative emotion by the way that our like social structure is set up. You know, black anger is not acceptable. Um, You know, if Latinos become passionate about something, anything, much less it's a situation where it's injustice and stuff. It's extremely frowned upon by the predominant culture, which is white culture. So it's so great that you kind of are pointing this out as like, it is just unacceptable and okay to force people to kind of fit within these boxes and like, let people live within their emotions and experience them in the time that they need, you know? Um, black trauma and grief is something that is just extremely ongoing right now and stuff. And I know that like within my community, the Latinx community and stuff, it's like, we're experiencing our grief in the sense of like what's going on with ice and all of that. So it's like, you know, and I'm going to be perpetually pissed until this is over. And I may even be pissed long after because there's a trauma associated with it, you know? Exactly. And I think that same idea, right. Can even go, it can go, it can go with any kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, which is it's really what the lyrics are about. I mean, it's like that. that I think the first line is like my favorite. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, why are you sad again? Like, I feel like I've heard that, like, bless her heart from my mother so many times. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't, I just wanted to scream it. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, why are you sad again? It's just like, it's just how it is and it's just what you hear and sometimes you just you just gotta like you just gotta like blow up for a second right I feel like your music definitely allows that within definitely the lyrics they're so much fun and so um therapeutic to just kind of scream out these feelings and stuff and then within like the speed and musicality you've got going on too it just kind of helps you get that amplified emotion out listening to even just the music too um, Paul, you yeah. mentioned you wanted to talk a little bit about the musicality behind it and stuff. Uh, what was it like for you putting that together? Well, we we wanted something. So we used to actually play a cover during our live sets that 
that like sad to say got the most hype like even over our original songs like we got the most <laughs> hype we got the, we got the most hype too because it was like our most fun song it was the song that we like to play the most and so we like Ashita said earlier you know we just wanted to write something that we had fun playing with so when Myron and I and Myron and and I we all sat in the room we were all thinking okay fast mm-hmm. repetitive and so we just kind of just really the first little lick that went like it's not even a four chord progression it's just three chords mm-hmm. just going back between that Myron just plays as fast not as fast as he can but like he does it at the end yeah yep and it, it's it, fun to watch him play that live it is he's like <laughs> flapping like a bird um, <laughs> but I other than that I mean I really wish I mean, once we kind of got the structure down, um, we tried to play with harmonies and try to make things sound spooky in the bridge. And and I think... Yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah. I mean, also just, like... So, like, taking that kind of, like, punk song that we had and then, um, like, our friend Hansel, he did the production for it. Um, and he helped me out a lot with, like, just thinking of different kinds of vocals. Like, mm-hmm. that whole, like... That was, like... I was like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. That's so cool. Um, and so that was really cool to flesh it out with him because he has a real ear for harmonies. So it was really fun to just put it together, like all of us. That's so incredible. Wow. It's such a great track because of all of that thought and how just like dynamic it all feels. Every piece of this just feels as powerful and emotionally resonant as I think what you were trying to convey. So extremely well done. No wonder why it got so much attention. I mean, I had friends who um, don't typically listen to like um, the more like pop punk and punk general music and stuff reaching out to me, asking me if I've heard of Pink Shift. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm glad to see you hyped. This is great. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I feel like it was kind of like an awakening moment for so many people being like, oh yeah, oh yeah, there's great music out. I need to, I need to listen. And it was really special that's that so y'all cool. were able to do that. That's so cool. It's like mind blowing to hear. Wow. Absolutely. It's always mind blowing to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so nice, honestly, just to like have more music to connect on and stuff. And that's something that your band is creating is music that more people are connecting on for sure that's awesome to hear yeah we just do our best (laughs) (laughs) you're doing it great that's for sure um i love all the other tracks you've released so far too i mean like um i i dug into on thin ice that was so great because i feel like that one is just so um powerful i feel like that one is a very much it feels like when you're waiting for somebody who's caused harm to like get what's coming. I think that was the vibe I got for it and stuff. And it's just kind of like, yeah. And you can apply that to so many different types of relationships and circumstances that one could be living in. And I thought that just the energy behind it too, it just made me feel like kind of validated if that makes sense in experiences that across the board where it's like, yeah, you know what? Karma, karma exists and it's going to freaking come. And (laughs) that person is definitely on thin ice. Let's see what happens. So (laughs) was that something that like you're kind of going for within that song? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I will say that I absolutely loved, and I think I tweeted this on the Pink Shift account. I was like, I, I love the amount of like 
I want to go on a murder spree playlists. Yes. That's the song <laughs> is being added to. Because I was like, y'all get it. That's what it, that's what it is. I mean, yes. something nice, I think, I had to like think a little bit because I feel like I've been, you know, hearing so much about therapists lately. Mm-hmm. Um, on Thin Ice is a little bit beforehand, but On Thin Ice, I think lyrically was really just spiteful. Mm-hmm. I was just, it was just spiteful. I was just like, you think, you think that you can, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, you think you can get away with that, but like, there's a lot, there's a mm-hmm. lot, you know, coming, you know, karma. And then also just like speaking on just, you know, I don't know, just, um, not really crime and punishment as like an institution. I don't want to say this kind of stuff because I feel like I sound like pompous or some shit. Um, but just kind of the idea that like, um, like they're coming for you and they're not going to have mercy. That might not be a great thing, mm-hmm. um, but it it's reality. Right. Um, just that idea. I don't know. It's um, important to like express really those feelings. Explain it. Yeah, yeah, I really can't explain it, but I know that that's like the lyrics to that song were definitely driven out of spite. Mm-hmm. Um, spite for anything. I had a lot of angst in college, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> it lasted a while. <laughs> it's it's valid. I had the same experience in college, so I totally get it. And like, I think what I like is like that that mentality can be channeled into so many different. Um, particularly within the song, I should say, so many different experiences. I know for me, I started listening to it again during a time where, you know, we we were having all this severe civil unrest and all this racial injustice and stuff. And it's like, to me, I like putting that attitude sometimes toward fucking cops, you know, like they'll get what's coming to them. I don't care how, but justice needs to be served in some other way. Right. So it's like, yeah. you can put that as like, almost like a healing mechanism in that way toward those situations. You can put it toward, um, maybe if you have like a shitty relationship with like, whether it's a family member or an ex or whatever, it's like, you know, you can, you can put that where you need it. And I thought that was super cool that it was just like broad enough to where you can apply that angst, that frustration and, that murder spree vibe to whatever situation you're feeling, you know? I think, uh, one of, well, I just, I pulled up the lyrics. So I was like, okay, I need to know what I'm talking about. But like, (laughs) um, one of like my favorite part of the song, like just like my personal favorite to just sing is like, Oh, like our heroes fading, Mm -hmm. um, like playing his old games again, you know, you know, we'll be back soon. That, that, that was one of my favorites. Cause it's like, Oh, like, you know, our hero is fading. He thinks he's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he's he's getting it he's getting what's coming to him that idea so I see what you're talking about there again I don't even like hearing the song analyzed is such a cool experience because wow that's so awesome <laughs> <laughs> of course I think a lot of people are probably like listening to this and having their own like reactions to it and that makes it I'm sure so exciting for you whenever you're going to be able to start having those conversations more so like of like, yeah, this is what I got out of it. And like, it gets, it gets those emotions out and that's really special. Yeah. I think it's so cool that people are able to apply their own experiences and their own feelings to it. Cause I think that that's the goal of art, right. To be able Mm -hmm. to make people feel something. So that, that just, that success, I could, you know, I think shift could end tomorrow and that would, that would be enough. That's (laughs) Please give me a few more songs before you go, though, please. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned to me before we started recording that you have a new single coming up in October. That's super exciting. What can you tell us? What can you tell? Mm-hmm. What can you tell us? So that was a teaser. Y'all heard it. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, as you probably have announced by this point, it'll be coming out on October 23rd. Um, um, and what can listeners expect? Something completely different. Probably if you think that therapist is what we sound like, <laughs> you're in for something different. Ooh, that's all I can say. Not totally different. Not totally different. It's just. But I think. I think therapist was a super cool, like, I don't want to compare it to therapist. Never mind. Cut that out. I don't want that. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think Rainwalk has really awesome fall vibes. Ooh. Uh, I think it has kind of like what you're talking about with Aunt the Nice, like mm-hmm. an angst that reflects, I think, more of our current state as a band. Mm-hmm. Just, um, I don't know, like, at least with me, like, vocally, like, I feel like it, it, I, I did, I did my best on it, um, and I'm really, really excited for people to hear it, I'm really excited for it, I'm so thrilled, it's, like, been going off in our heads, because we've been listening to it, you know, um, before release, I don't know, what can listeners expect, Paul? Heavy. Heavy. Heavy, I think. Yay. I think it's <laughs> I'm excited. Everybody's fall playlist. Get them ready to add this because <laughs> I think this is going to be a lot of fun and exciting. And I've been totally looking for memory music that suits like this year's fall vibe. So I am stoked. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited for people to hear it. I'm really excited to hear how people, I guess, how people like it. Mm-hmm. Like if they if they absolutely hate us after that, that'd be that'd be fine. It'd be really interesting to see why. It would be really. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just interested to see people's reactions. Like, it's not like it's totally wild and like out there. It's not like, but it's just it's just cool to be able to show a little bit more of ourselves because I feel like ever since therapist, everybody's been listening to like these three songs on our profile mm-hmm. and. We have a little bit of range, so it'll be interesting to see how people take it. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot more excitement, that's for sure. So that's just that's just my end. I'm already like, let's do this. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, we are. I, I'm just gonna say, at least on my end, I am so nervous because this is the first time we're actually like announcing something to this like I guess big of an audience. Yeah. Um, because therapist, I think we announced it like back when we had like 40 followers on Twitter. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and like, I think we had like a couple hundred monthly listeners, maybe like, I think like 300, 400, yeah. something like that. So it'll be super fun and interesting. I'm really, I got, I think I tweeted this earlier too, but I literally have butterflies in my stomach thinking about all that's to come in October. Ah. Well, best of luck on it, honestly. I think it's going to be a really exciting time for you all as a band. And uh, I'm, I have a feeling it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I appreciate your, your vote of confidence. 
Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'm kind of curious, what's something that you really want your listeners to get out of your music? Um, I mean, like, I never really thought about it too much, but I feel like, like we kind of talked about this earlier. It's, it's just like the idea that people can get a little bit of themselves out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you can listen to it and really, really feel like this is something that, you know, not really that you can relate to because I don't write necessarily like lyrics for other people, but it's just like, if you can really just feel it. I think Paul described it once as just like, you know, when you hear it, you turn up the volume. It's just, it feels good. Mm-hmm. I'm, so this is something that I have like thought of as therapists gain traction and as things have kind of had a little bit more of a platform. If anything, just for me, I think I'd be really happy if, you know, being Latino myself, if someone of color saw this band and was just like, I want to start my own rock band. Mm-hmm. Look at people do it. Look at, definitely. you know, look at this brown kid playing guitar. I can definitely do that. Um, because one of my influences, like in middle school, was Pierce the Veil and just mm-hmm. seeing um, Hispanic people playing punk rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've never seen that before. So, and just hearing their, um, what, like Latin music influences in their music was something that I've never heard at that age. And that was just like a little nudge to be like, oh, look, it's not just, not just white dudes playing rock. Um, you can do it yourself. And that's just another, I just, I just think it's cool being able to see someone that looks like you yeah, doing the things that you want to do. So just, just kind of validating. So definitely to add on that. Cause I feel like I didn't really talk about that much, but even like, like me personally, like there was, I knew no, there are no Indian women mm-hmm. up there. And so I didn't even really think about that. Like I could be that one, but, but it's just like, Gwen Stefani had that bindi. Yeah, she had that bindi. And I can wear it. I can wear it and nobody <laughs> can say shit to me. <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. Just the idea that like when I like, so I guess going back, like when people started saying that my voice sounded like no doubt, I literally started crying because I was like, I never claimed those to be my influences. Kind of like what you're talking about. You're like, okay, like what influences what you write? And I was like, I never claimed my influences because I never thought that they could be mine Mm, in a way. Yeah. Because I don't know. They were introduced to me by like my white friends who listened to them with their white families. And nobody, all the brown girls listened to like pop around me. And it was just not, it was never mine. And I think after therapist, I was like, damn, this is mine. And I want, I don't know, I want other brown girls to feel like that, you know, to feel like this can be mine. I don't know. I'm like cheering up. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. No, but. it's not. And that's super important because I know like, kind of like what Paul was talking about, it's like, how freaking hard is it to find like other Latino people who are in punk and stuff and it's like they're there and they're emerging now and I'm starting to see more and more of them which is such a relief but at the same time it's like you you go through whole chunks of like you know your young adulthood or even childhood and it's just like where are they and you don't think about it until much later 
but it's so validating whenever you can see yourself making music and stuff. And for the longest time, people would refer to that more so in a sense of like gender representation stuff with like Riot Girl and Riot Girl was super important. Don't get me wrong. Riot Girl was very white. Yes, it was extremely white. And it was like, you know, I myself loved Riot Girl, grew up on Riot Girl, but I needed to see like a Latina and punk you know, or I needed to see where, you know, just people of color in general and stuff existed within this space. So it's super great that y'all, you know, have that same mentality of like, yeah, hopefully we can be that for somebody. Yeah. I don't think it even like, like what Paul said, I don't think it even started occurring to us until we had a platform Mm -hmm. at all, but that would be so sick if, you know, can make that kind of difference. Oh, I'm sure you can, honestly, because I feel like just with the reach that you have now and stuff, it's only going to keep growing. So proud of y'all. Please keep going because this is super important. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. That means a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, maybe within a similar vein or not, um, what's something that you really want people to know about Pink Shift that maybe they don't know yet? Oh, what do we want people to know? My birthday is October 13th. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is your birthday episode. This is your birthday episode now. Um, yeah, Paul's birthday is October 13th. Um, we want everybody who listens to us to know. In case they want to send him a birthday message or give him a follow on Twitter, he's at Couch Mellow. Um, no, what do we want people to know about Pink Shift that they might not know yet? We're coming for you. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like a fun fact, or just like a like a like a value. It could be both. Whichever you want to share. Uh, however fucked up higher education is, like the whole system and stuff, I still believe that everybody should go for an education if they can. And if it's accessible to them, that's something that I believe in. Mm-hmm. And you can I- have multiple passions. Because here thing. at Pinkshift, we have multiple passions. Oh, that's one thing that people should know about Pinkshift that they wouldn't know otherwise. Uh, me and Myron are pre-med. Uh, Paul is doing a master's in chemical engineering. And oh, Eric is yes. doing a master's in audio engineering. We have and a STEM band. <laughs> yeah, we're literally a STEM band. Yeah, how you didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Myron's actually applying to med school um, right now. But... Yeah, I guess one thing that people don't know about Pink Shift is that we are STEM and we still do it. I love that. That's fantastic. We need STEM representation in DIY. That's so sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so stay in school, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I guess don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, stay in school. Always important <laughs> messages. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and don't be afraid to speak up, even if you feel like, you know, people like you aren't doing it. Because if there's a space and you don't, if you don't see yourself in that space, then you can create your, that space for yourself just by literally spearheading it and being stubborn and existing there. You can do it. And don't be afraid to self-promo. Never be afraid to self-promo. That's amazing. Well said. Really well said. Um, so you have this 
awesome single dropping. Uh, what else are y'all working on? Anything that we can look forward into the maybe the new year and stuff? Any more music or anything like that? So, um, as people probably have followed, if people have been following the singles dropping, there's this like little artwork that's kind of like being put together, like little puzzle pieces. Yeah. Um, we plan to release the last puzzle piece uh, by the end of the year. We don't know when yet, but. Yay! By then, we'll have a, a little compilation with the full artwork, and everyone can listen to the singles in one place. And it's in the works. We have a couple songs that we want to record that are not part of the pink artwork, mm-hmm. um, but, but ideally they're kind of on the side. They're kind of on the side. They're written the same time ish, maybe, um, but have like a different kind of vibe. So we, I don't know, maybe a B sides to it. Maybe this year, maybe at the early next year. We're not sure yet, but in the works. That's exciting. I love, I love hearing that. Some good things to look forward to. I love it. <laughs> For sure. We are content machines. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so one question I always like to ask at the end of the interview, every guest gets this one. If you could play a show with any three bands, they could be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead or they could be solo artists too, by the way. Um, who would it be? And you can each pick three. You don't have to pick a collective three. You go first. This is, so this is who Pink Shift would, tour, would, would play with, right? Yeah. Marcus Pink Shift. Um, so one, one band that I am absolutely in love with right now in this, it has probably for like a year now, um, is this band called Microwave. Mm-hmm. So they're from uh, from Georgia. They're like emo rock. I don't know what they are. Uh, but recently I've taken a lot of inspiration from their writing mm-hmm. um, musically. Uh, and I would love to play a show with them. Uh, Mike Grave, if you're listening. So that's definitely a band that, that I'm into right now. Uh, second band if I had full control of Pink Shift and who we're touring with. Um, I... Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Um, Man, I go one, you go one. Okay, we're going back and forth? All right. (laughs) Um, I want to tour with Nova Twins. If y'all are listening to this, I think they're doing some super exciting shit and they are so cool. And every time I listen to their songs, I feel like I just want to go to the show. <laughs> so it would be so sick to play with them. Um, I've just been getting into them relatively recently too. It's just, they have like this, this new kind of thing going. And I think that it's, mm-hmm. it's so unique. It'd be so cool to just like play with them. Your turn. <laughs> Second band, I think, is Fever 333. Yeah. I don't know if you've listened to them before, but they got uh, some really strong lyrics um, that I love. And I've never seen them live, so it would be an opportunity to see them, to see them live. Um, and I would just love to, to learn how they... Because I've, I've watched live videos of them all the time. Their stage mm-hmm. presence is phenomenal, really wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they uh, they don't play with the with the bassist live, but if they need a bassist for that show, I'd be down to maybe <laughs> stay on there for a little bit. 
And that's, my even, that's my second band. Even though it's like dad rock, I think it would be absolutely sick to play with Foo Fighters. That would be yeah. <laughs> That would be I, a fun show. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like people would tell me like, oh, like they're like dad rock. Like what you listen to <laughs> dad rock? I'm like, yeah, I fucking listen to Foo Fighters. Like you don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that like Dave Grohl is so cool and the they've done like they have so many good songs. Like, I don't know. That'd be so awesome. They're a fun band, period. <laughs> yeah. Their music videos are so cool. I they love are. <laughs> okay, no. your third band. Daisy and the Scouts. Oh, I was going to say Daisy and the Scouts. Oh, well, you didn't say They were so. going to be my third band. Oh. Okay, well, I guess we have the same third band. <laughs> uh, they're not active anymore, but they put out one EP, I think, in 2016, 2017. Album. Um, an album. Oh, uh, yeah, it's an album. Uh, and every single song on that album rocks like a lot yeah um and the lead singer's voice is like insane like it's, it's phenomenal what she can do with her voice it literally do like whatever the fuck they want to do like that's it's the it's the energy that i want in my life it's like garage <laughs> pop punk rock it's a, i don't know it's, it's like a mix, mix of surf it's rock everything <laughs> they're great I love all your choices. And the reason why I asked this question is because I always like to send a little vibe into the universe that you get some really cool opportunities like touring with Microwave, for example. Totally could see something like that happening. Um, if Dave Grohl is listening to my podcast, first of all, what the fuck? This is amazing. <laughs> but also, please book uh, Pink Shift on a tour. Let them just like come hang with you. I think that'd be so sick. Um, but yeah, so putting out all the vibes in the universe that some really cool opportunities come your way and you get to play some shows with some people you really admire. That's awesome. We really appreciate that. That's really nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Uh, Where can everybody keep up with Pink Shift on the internet? Uh, We are at PinkShiftMD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We also have a Facebook page. YouTube Uh, as well. We're also on YouTube. Um, I think it's like if you could just search Pink Shift, right? Yeah. I guess by now it would come up, I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to any one of our socials, which is just at Pink Shift MD, the link in our bio always just has all of our links. So listen on your favorites. Oh, God, my mom is FaceTiming me. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, listen on your favorite streaming service because we're probably there. <laughs> that's awesome well everybody please be sure to check out pink shift if you haven't already this man is sick these people are wonderful thank you so much for joining this was fun thanks so much for having us this is this is a really nice. good time thank you. thank you for having me
Thank you so much to Ashrita and Paul for hanging out and sharing everything that Pink Shift is working on. Be sure to stay tuned for their upcoming new single, Rainwalk. If that 10-second teaser was any indication for how the track will rock, we're all in for something really incredible this fall. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, Sam Zarwitz, Orla Tinsey, and Erica Fries. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay angry and stay motivated. Bye for now. Too far.